Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gayatri. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, we are talking to Rajaram Venkatraman, who is talking about his uh, innovation journey, as well as being a CEO of Veiltech TBI and being an innovation partner and helping several organizations in their journey to be a leader in innovation and his role as a public-private liaison as a FIKI technology panel. And he talks about what future has particularly during this disrupting time and how each of us can change our way of looking listen on hi good morning rajaram thank you for being on software people stories we warmly welcome you thank you thank you very much jayatri i think uh, it's a no, real pleasure and privilege to be part of this uh, podcast thank you thank you very much for inviting me all right it's our pleasure i would like what got you started in the software journey i, I think this that is the craze that was there for computer science when i was doing my 12th the first was the craze for uh, engineering uh, my one of my you know my brother in law i would say was instrumental in uh, making me excited about this engineering journey because i was uh, living in tanjavur at the time of schooling okay so literally the iit or indian institute of science or the agarwal classes and things like that were not known uh, so much in my native place really my brother in law was instrumental in uh, you know bringing me to chennai and uh, getting me excited about all this that is how i started my brother in law's friend's son incidentally got uh, computer science in iit madras he scored uh, one of the, uh, the biggest elusive ranks Uh, always took computer science so i was also uh, i developed a craze for computer science and i got into indian institute of science uh, bangalore as a b computer science and uh, the obvious choice from campus was tcs tcs was the biggest employer at that time yeah i remember that <laughs> <laughs> so i got into campus uh, recruitment tcs itself was tiny organization when i got inducted into tcs chennai mahalingam was the only person who had a room even the cognizant vice chairman lakshmi narayanan was my project manager wow <laughs> <laughs> or account manager you can say and the lloyds road branch of tcs there used to be only few chats because the consultants were supposed to be going out to meet clients so when they come back literally there used to be musical chat whichever chair is available they will pull it and it, it was interesting tcs was the biggest company and was the only software company famous at the time that is how i got into the it world and it has been a long story since then that sounds very interesting start and many of us have this big dream right have we have seen some of our compatriots or seniors going getting into computer and with so much of enamored eyes we have gotten i know that you are the convener for fiki Uh, today for Tamil Nadu government um, in the technology sector. The, how is that an arc 
from being part of the private sector to the government sector and how are you yeah. envisaging this going he incidentally is the largest uh, industry body largest as well as the uh, oldest industry body in india if you look at the three famous industry bodies fiki cia and asocha and okay. he has a big cloud in delhi it has about 300000 corporate members not only corporates but also smaller industry bodies as members so the main purpose of fiki is that it is the licensing body between the government and the industry and i say industry the entire gamut of industries you have the technology industry you have telecom industry you have manufacturing you have energy you have financial services so agriculture so you take up whichever industry you have issues or concerns or some voice you want to raise with the government the industry bodies like fiki or the points of contact to the government so fiki plays a vital role in influencing and shaping policies industry policies both at the state government level as well as at central government level uh, so the fiki tamil nadu state council is the one which takes care of the industry in tamil nadu and it has seven panels including the technology panel comprises of the software hardware telecom industries that is the voice for all these industries the technology panel is the go to panel between the industry the it bpm and telecom uh, hardware industry with the tamil nadu government similarly we have education panel we have energy panel we have finance panel so we, we have infrastructure panel agriculture panel healthcare panel so these are each of them represent the industry with the tamil nadu government so the technology panel reaches out to the government on various aspects now and then and acts as the go to point between the industry as a result some of the engagements what we do are large conferences which really drive the futuristic theme for example digital transformation has been a theme we were one of the first ones to start on this identify and see this mega trend and start on this 5 uh, years ago so we started uh, and we launched a big conference wherein we brought out the emerging theme of uh, digital transformation and how what is starting with what is digital transformation what is the difference between digital versus it transformation what are the components of digital transformation and have slowly evolved to higher and higher levels in terms of uh, transformation second or third year we saw huge uh, backlash in terms of economy loss of jobs and things like that so there at that time you know we called it as a digital tsunami survive or thrive at that time there was discussion about few it companies were letting go of people in large numbers so there was talk of some union formation among it employees things like that at that time right, right. you know fiki technology panel uh, really brought out the issue concerns in terms of a knowledge paper in terms of representation and handed it over to the minister played very key role in terms of bridging this gap and then she got back to grow and again started growing now recently before the covid-19 startup our digital transformation four wherein okay. you were the mc and that is how where one of the key highlights was the ambassador to estonia coming yes. talking about how the entire country is digital except for three services right i remember yeah <laughs> there is a country totally digital in terms of even citizenship and all the government services and only marriage death 
and uh, no, land registration. There are only three services for which you know somebody has to be there in person to record it. So we have been working on the leading edge of digital, whatever themes we have taken. And we have brought the best of speakers from not only from India, but also from abroad. We had uh, exhibitors who exhibit the digital transformation uh, team related products and services. So we have, uh, we had uh, several engagements, passing engagements with the people, with the attendees, several of them. So that is how we operate with respect to your question on uh, the technology panel of FIKI. Yes, it's amazing, right? Uh, when you become the advisor to one of the government bodies and uh, help accelerate or shape the future. I love that phrase, shaping the future, sir. Talking of digital transformation, right? Now, most of us are all working from home in our own uh, place. But we see things moving and uh, moving faster than ever before. How does this impact digital transformation in its core? Do you think it's going to accelerate, decelerate, what is your opinion on this? See, the COVID-19 is really is a big accelerator for digital transfer. Primarily, the fact that people cannot meet physically anymore, cannot travel out of your homes, causes a significant, uh, what do you call, uh, disruption to existing services and uh, existing happenings. It's quite true. So if, if you call that, uh, if you see uh, disruptions in the past, they have never been this long in terms of inhibiting your mobility, inhibiting your travel, inhibiting your physical presence uh, than COVID-19. At least in our lifetime, we have not seen any such disruption of this magnitude. And not only this, earlier the disruptions used to be very local. Uh, for example, Chennai had a tsunami, Chennai had an outage, or uh, Bangalore or Bombay or US will be working. Correct, correct. This is uh, COVID-19 is very unique because the whole world is paralyzed. So this has caused uh, so many positive things in terms of the Indian IT industry and BPM industry because we are quite used to uh, working. At least companies like Infosys have been encouraging working from home, IBM, Accenture, Cognizant, they all add some sense of uh, some percentage of people working from home and uh, quite familiar with associated uh, challenges, associated benefits, associated savings. It was quite easy for us to literally move back the work environment to the home. So the work from home was easily adopted by the IT and BPM industry. The earlier challenges in terms of client blocking certain accounts, particularly financial services accounts, from going out of the offshore development center, the protected uh, confines. Uh, those also were uh, relaxed. Right. So all this has enabled uh, the acceleration of digital and people who could not go and purchase things from the shops were closed, so people have resorted to e-commerce. The education sector, if you see, people could not go to university and uh, the classroom. So they have quite easily adopted the tools, Google Meets and things like that. So to take doctors, they are afraid of meeting patients directly one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> yes. At least the initial part they can do through telemedicine. To take uh, manufacturing, uh, what I heard was TVS, uh, Maruti and many of the car manufacturers, because their showrooms have been locked out, but still they want to go ahead and book orders. So they opened up online booking 
so online booking of two wheelers cars ordering just like you have for pizza right the toppings even in the manufacturing automotive industry particularly on the front end portion of getting and booking digital has come into play already and so if you take industry after industry everywhere the next best option to keep moving is digital so people have started adopting digital in very very creative commercial ways as possible the covid 19 is really harboring a greater revolution it's, it's hard to believe that when we started off as a medical problem it has kind of transformed itself to a big uh, boom for the digital transformation right i was earlier talking to one of the professionals from telecom and uh, she was telling how there is more uptake in terms of towers in terms of uh, if uh, services that are required on the ground for more and more services not just in the urban areas but also in the rural where either you know folks from urban have moved to the rural or it is also that uh, they the they want the same kind of a services so it is leveling the whole land right it is most completely into a disruption as you said disruption at a scale that uh, unfathomable scale and every industry is undergoing a change i didn't realize that uh, automotives have started uh, doing this uh, rajara it's uh, amazing how traditional organizations are also moving themselves and transforming themselves to the digital age yeah definitely gayatri uh, I, i think one of the big developments have been the technology revolution even india has been exploring 5g right uh, about about to launch 5g in 2020 and uh, the way this this has come up if you see the industry wide impacts which are the industries which have navigated this uh, digital well and uh, which are the ones which have really suffered because of this i would say the it telecom these are industries which have navigated this you know very well even uh, to a large extent uh, banking and financial services has been doing well so the pharma pharma sector has been really thriving look at uh, the severe impacts we have the aviation tourism maybe real estate logistics these are really hit very severely so what it can potentially lead to is the fact that we are able to support 90% of our clients requirements even during this lockdown uh, is a very very positive sign for the indian it and the bpm industry many of our clients i i hear the us globally are very happy with the business continuity and uh, disaster recovery and procedures and the fact that we are able to deliver and keep their systems and also work on several projects has been a very very key component of our bandwidth our uh, the internet penetration i agree with you that some of our villages are just getting the fiber laid to take tamil nadu there is a 2500 crore order for laying out fiber across all the villages so i am sure by the end of this year even our rural will have very good connectivity thereby the penetration or availability of various services even in the rural belt will be very high and that itself is a dream right when we got started having a computer in a itself was a big thing right having a uh, if for a computer to thrive we need to have a ac and all of those, those things now being able to have software available in your arm or in your back pocket for that matter and all the services required 
I love the fact that the story that you said, told about uh, ordering a bike or a car with all the top-up services to ordering uh, your uh, chosen flat or apartment. See, everything that you can do right now uh, by, and that is a big one. You covered various industries that are moving. So what about innovation? How, how are organizations or teams innovating themselves as far as this disruption is concerned or in general? How are they really? Yeah, yeah I also incidentally lead uh, the Veltech TBI, Technology Business Incubator Entrepreneurship Ecosystem. Okay. We have uh, more than 150 startups who are registered with us. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. And, yeah, we have roped in Google, Amazon, Zoho, RBL Bank, Resilio Labs as strategic partners where our startups get more than $100,000 Google Cloud credit. Amazon gives $10,000 of credit. Zoho gives all their apps free. RBL Bank's out customized accounts for startups, the zero balance and the other features. So there are uh, you know, so many different offerings. So talking about uh, innovation, so during this COVID-19, we post several challenges in terms of coming out with solutions for addressing COVID-19, whether it is coming out with ventilators, whether it okay. is with uh, PPEs or uh, masks, other logistics or enabling solutions for uh, COVID-19. So I am glad to report that around 32 ideas have come in, some kind of prototypes, ready. So it shows the fact that given a problem with the clear you know, dimensions, people are able to come up with ideas. And uh, so our innovation quotient, if you take the Veltech TBI uh, facts, our robot chef is one of the highly celebrated startup in the sense okay. it won so many laurels and uh, awards across India. So they, they, they have come out with a unique food robot wherein you put the ingredients fixed measure depending on the quantum of food you need. So it can cook uh, you know, various, it can cook upma, it can cook pongal, cook okay. you know, whatever you want, even you know, Chinese or for example, for the containment zone where people are not able to come out and uh, police, uh, police are posted to guard the containment centers. There are nurses going in and out or right. stationed in the containment areas. There are corporation people who are available around the containment centers. They need food. They need some good hygienic food. Very so, true. Yeah, we don't know which is, uh, it, it has been touched, uh, COVID yeah, per nine, uh, person. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that is where RoboChef, we are, uh, you know, the, there is a project as we speak, RoboChef along with a couple of other partners are working on uh, providing hygienic food around the containment centers. So like that, the innovation in terms of addressing need, addressing a pain point or addressing a problem, we have been constantly improving. You know, I, I would say we are maturing in terms of innovation. Okay. That's the startup world. Take organizational innovation, which is one of my consulting areas. I was incidentally, I was leading the innovation culture practice at Infosys. Uh, around 2008-2009, the financial downturn happened in the US. That is when things were running you know, very well. Around 2008-2009, the discretionary spend started reducing. So as a result, uh, companies, IT companies got really affected. Only the lights on projects were going on and uh, our growth was getting stunted. That is when uh, Infosys uh, management uh, decided to uh, 
you know, unless we take a stand, uh, unless we uh, improve our capabilities and become an innovation partner to our clients, right. we won't be able to grow. So if we have to really grow, we have to look at uh, the future. Uh, what are those uh, you know, technologies, uh, issues, concerns, products, what our client needs uh, to compete in the future, right? So that was the clear theme with which we started. Uh, so we started working on identifying the themes which are highly relevant to our clients. Okay. Uh, so we came up with the, the, the slogan, Building Tomorrow's Enterprise, right? Along uh, the strategy team. And uh, the, out of uh, 50 odd themes which were churned out by Infosys Labs, uh, Chris and team uh, selected about seven. So along with the seven, we started, uh, you know, we came out with the innovation challenge. I was the program anchor for that. Okay. About the Ignite innovation challenge across Infosys. Uh, since then, we started, you know, developing an innovation culture within the organization. Uh, it was very important. Uh, uh, some of our clients started asking, uh, if you guys you guys control about 40 to 50 percent of our outsourcing uh, portfolio and if you guys don't innovate then we won't be able to get new ideas you won't become competitive so every portfolio uh, of the you know, every client uh, we wanted to build uh, innovation competencies and innovation outcomes so we started the innovation culture practice and we started uh, created a platform uh, started institutionalizing innovation so we started with ignite as an innovation challenge then rolled it out across uh, accounts across uh, delivery centers for example hyderabad uh, delivery center ravi was the delivery uh, center head okay so to roll it out across hyderabad dc so we you know instituted this innovation uh, campaign across Hyderabad DC. Then uh, we have done it over 20 different accounts uh, within Infosys and created a, a pipeline, $20 million pipeline of ideas and got about $3 million revenue realized through innovation. Uh, okay. later, uh, this innovation was uh, you know, taken up in a broad scale across the company and almost instituted across every project Today, every project has got an innovation bucket, right? So that is how uh, this got institutionalized. Uh, so I, after uh, Infosys, I started my consulting around uh, the innovation. I also got, a, incidentally, I got a patent, US patent. Okay. Uh, innovation forming, systematic innovation forming. Okay. So wow, I, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked the question if... Uh, uh, you know, with the capability majority model in uh, software processes, uh, we are able to institutionalize, uh, you know, good uh, uh, you know, process capabilities and thereby reduce defects. So on the innovation also, innovation side also, we should be able to uh, create new products, new services, and uh, reach a higher state like Apple, wherein there is a high predictability in terms of uh, uh, the product's success in terms of, uh, you know, gaining innovation premium, things like that. So I started working on that uh, model and uh, 
uh, finally, uh, you know, there's a seven-step uh, model. Uh, I got the U.S. patent. Okay. Okay. Filed by Moses, and I was the author. So I, I started. I uh, uh, kind of use uh, you know some of the techniques uh, in my consulting. And uh, Quadrant Four was a company uh, which was struggling in terms of growth. So I was okay. hired as the innovation partner. Uh, so we started building you know innovation capabilities in terms of started working with the teams to find out uh, where they are. Incidentally, it was alarming to see that uh, even within a project team, uh, the middle finger doesn't know the uh, index finger. Okay. And index finger doesn't know the ring finger. Uh, that was the kind of each one uh, knew that uh, their area, what is that they need to deliver to the client. So it was so narrow and uh, the uh, you know people did not have the larger picture in terms of what is the problem they are solving for the client what are the clients uh, really futuristic how do we make the client competitive uh, in that space uh, what are the issues of relevance for them uh, how do we make them you know prof more profitable how do we make them more competitive how do we future proof them these are some of the questions uh, you know uh, there was nobody who was uh, asking all these questions. Uh, so, uh, some of the initiatives I did in terms of uh, deepening the domain knowledge, uh, deepening the technology knowledge, then brought out uh, you know uh, the innovation tools and techniques, awareness building. Okay. Uh, and uh, we did several workshops, and then uh, clients started asking. Uh, so our team started asking the client various questions to understand uh, more about the customer and their okay. business. Then uh, the customers started asking, oh, what is that you guys are doing, you know, new? Uh, then we talked about the innovation initiative and uh, we created a pipeline of ideas. And then the clients asked me to come there to US. So I visited their top 10 clients along with the management team. Uh, we presented uh, you know, the ideas, and uh, as a result, uh, you know, three million dollar of uh, revenue pipeline uh, newly got generated. And uh, when I was there, about one point five million dollar got uh, realized. Uh, wow, <laughs> that's a great before, one. Yeah, before <laughs> the company got absorbed by another uh, you know company. Um, so uh, I, I think. Uh, you know, the three box thinking by Professor Vijay Govindarajan uh, is a very, very apt uh, uh, tool to really question, uh, you know, where each company stands. For example, the box one is about obsession with the present. Uh, box two is about selectively forgetting the past. What worked in the past may not work in the future so as things are changing. And box three is about the future. What is okay, the right. future business, future customers, future technology, future employees, uh, things like that. So if you look at companies, they're 99% they're obsessed with the present uh, in terms of the current quarter, current uh, no, uh, competitors, current employees, current skill set. 
so as a result they are not able to look beyond let's say a six months or a one year whereas things out there are changing quite rapidly there are non traditional uh, competitors coming into play uh, competitors adopting new technologies who are rapidly altering the market space uh, so as a result uh, what companies need is uh, you know a, a larger focus and a larger investment on innovation innovation labs uh, innovation investments so that they uh, they are able to sustain they are able to thrive they are able to really compete uh, for the future right very very important uh, team yeah and see this whole thing about innovation culture and having the grassroots level innovation is super critical right the doing is one thing but having that investment and having that mindset and making it happen is the is also a drive that is required not just at a grassroots level i think at a leadership level also that is a important change that we are seeing with several of the clients that i am seeing they saying um, today is one thing but tomorrow how do i survive that is something that is can be only be driven from an innovation angle yeah very true see as leaders i would attribute uh, 60 to 70% their time and investments uh, need to be focused on the future what the future means is there is uncertainty there is technological change there is a demographic change there are geopolitical changes so you need to literally constantly think about or track the various trends going out there and identifying what are relevant to the clients what can potentially really become big what is that we can drive the future the, the innovation as a mindset innovation as a theme is highly relevant to the senior leaders so that is something we uh, in the in the indian leaders it is it has started sinking in people have started focusing on innovation and very often this is not something most of them can do internally this is where they need help from outside consultants experts in this area who can bring out new ideas who can bring out uh, you know benchmarks who can really accelerate the pace of innovation something like r&d what you do in a you know traditional setup may take you a very long time and you may throw something from the r&d labs to, into the production maybe once in a year or once in you know 9 months or one and a half years that kind of speed is not at all enough for the times of today wherein now we are insights you know i have come out with a model that in 90 days given a problem you should be able to generate ideas basically crowdsource all the ideas and zero in on what are those small set of ideas which are you are going to work on for the company in a matter of 6 to 9 months we should be able to make a big change in the way the company operates and provide a lead in terms of innovation and positioning for the future agility is become a very very important thing not only in the software development processes but also in the way the businesses are conducted right it's not the it's, it's a, entire exactly. business ecosystems are changing so rapidly so Correct. that is a, and in, uh, unless you innovate you you actually uh, don't can't even exist as you exactly. are today exactly it's been a very very interesting conversation so far i'm sure i can think of multiple follow on uh, conversations that can have given that you know we are out of time i just wanted to ask one last question if you look at 5 years down the line how is the software industry 
how are you seeing it being shaped i i think we are going up the value curve in terms of making a change with our clients clients business in terms of making transformations so if you look at software industry to a large extent we have been order takers from the clients that position is changing now as we move into innovation as we develop innovation labs innovation partners to clients we are able to position the clients for the future so we are moving away from order taker mindset to agenda setters that is very big transformation that is happening slowly if you, if you take for example our investments in terms of artificial intelligence machine learning uh, deep learning the fact that we are able to develop new products new solutions new services around these areas robotic process automation See, there is a huge opportunity out there see till now india was seen as a offshoring capital of the world outsourcing capital but with robotic process automation and uh, this kind of stuff we can really become what do you call intellectual capital of the world today india handles about 15% of world's business process so in terms of, uh, the large clients who we work with in terms of business process management we understand their business process end to end so with uh, with our rpa capabilities or we call it intelligent process automation capabilities we are able to rapidly automate those business processes thereby deliver significant competitive advantage cost savings and also we become the center of managing the entire business process imagine if we can take control of 60% of the business processes of the world that will be a significant intellectual capital we'll be managing and uh, what that will cost india to be not any more just another vendor vendor partner or anything but india will become an integral part of the entire value chain and for next 20 30 years we we cannot be nobody can dilute this it is the core engine with which all those businesses will be run so that will be a significant you no know, positioning and that will be a significant commercial opportunity that will be that will alleviate many of the job losses that are happening today but that will also require skill set to be enabled absolutely okay so if you take the high tech technologies like artificial intelligence machine learning deep learning uh, we while we have certain skill set but that is not enough to scale rapidly and become integral to many of our uh, clients so the huge advantage in terms of digital transformation that is happening at our client locations everywhere the, the digital transformation is happening more and more Uh, data is getting generated more and more of this data needs to be analyzed and intelligent decisions have to be taken all this means that they need tools they need you uh, know that is where india india can ramp up quite fast and also there is a huge opportunity of being the intellectual capital of the world <laughs> amazing amazing put amazingly put uh, uh, rajaram I love the fact that you started with the from outsourcing the intellectual intellectual capital of the world. Future is looking bright. I I guess you we also have to reinvent as you rightly put, reinvent our uh, techniques, our technologies, as well as our own abilities. Right? Every week, constantly on that learning 
mindset you see the other one which is really the uh, driven by covid 19 is the opportunity in terms of moving away from china so there are going to be whole lot of companies which are really going to be moving away from china in terms of manufacturing in terms of uh, chemicals and intermediates in terms of uh, you know even some technologies so if india can assess and really ramp up very fast the next one to two years are very crucial that is the time when people will be making a whole lot of decisions to kind of de de risk from china that will be another opportunity for india to accelerate very true very true and see every a uh, disruption brings its own set of opportunities and we have to just catch them at the right time with the right uh, way of uh, making it happen very well put uh, any final words for our listeners uh, rajaram that you want to uh, share what i would like to say is uh, even though the covid 19 has created that in terms of job losses in terms of reduction in opportunities very bad news coming from our client markets i would uh, you know like to flip it and see this as a big example if you see us president donald trump requesting india for certain medicines right that is when we started think we start thinking about what are all the things we do for the world it is not only trump there were several countries which uh, requested for that hydrochloroxin so if you really look at the pharma value chain india is a very very significant component just like uh, you know it india is also the most uh, pharma capital of the world along with uh, china similarly lot of manufacturing happening in uh, india it is not that you know it is not happening in india that we have to depend on china because china was is able to do it at a lower cost our heavy engineering industry could not really compete in terms of cost take out china from the equation even our manufacturing will start improving and our it and bpm sector will elevate to the next level in terms of ai ml robotics and other emerging areas our chemical apis other intermediaries are getting huge investments and they are really getting into the spotlight so if you see reliance while everyone is struggling to you know keep their job and uh, people are talking about those things here is reliance attracting 50000 crores from facebook another 50000 crores right issue right right uh, you know 10000 crores from another so as the covid 19 is going on when everybody is struggling to look at what the where is the next meal going to come from kind of mood here is uh, reliance with the geo with the kind of technology fang is able to attract uh, more than 100000 crores of investments right so it is it is all we have to look at it from a positive mindset look at it in terms of opportunities uh, look at technology and scaling and the world as a market i i think it is very important to see the positive side of things uh, the most here then you will be able to not only survive but also thrive in this uh, post covid 19 world thanks thanks once again gayatri for inviting me and uh, thank you thank you listeners hope <laughs> it, it is useful oh it was awesome uh, thank you so much for the excellent conversation i'm sure uh, our listeners would love it We thank Siddharth for the music. 
and Malavika for promoting the Software People Stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.